We declare, Lord, you're worthy of it all. Lord, it's in that atmosphere of worship that our expectancy rises. That we see you not just as Savior, but healer, deliverer. As we were uh, just medit, I was just meditating there. I could just see the angels declaring glory to God in the highest <clears throat> on earth, peace toward men. Because of what Jesus did, there's peace toward men, not peace among men. Doesn't mean that when Jesus came, everybody's going to get along better. <laughs> as a matter of fact. It's just the opposite. He said that there'll be family members against each other. And uh, that's not because that's what he wanted. That's because, you know, there's not much uh, neutral ground with Jesus. (laughs) It wasn't when he was here. He really dealt with religious leaders. He uh, upset the way they did things, and there wasn't a real neutral ground where you could just be, you could be uh, indecisive. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. When you came in contact with Jesus, you were forced to make a decision. <clears throat> you know, he, he told his disciples, uh, he, when he was teaching, he said, unless you, he was teaching the crowd, he said, if you don't eat this, eat this flesh and drink this blood, you don't have any part in me. John 6. And it said that... Uh, the disciples started murmuring, saying, this is a hard saying. And uh, he looked at his disciples and asked them, he said, many, it said there in John six sixty six, and many stopped following Jesus after that. And Jesus looked at his disciples and said, you going too? That wasn't sweet, was it? He said, are you going too? What he was saying is, look, this is life. This is the reality. Have you made a decision? And they said, you're the only ones who have the word of life, the words of life. I'm telling you, church, we've got to come to that place. We're in a day that casual Christianity, just being religious, is not the answer. The world is looking for something that's real. And uh, Jesus is who is real. And we have the privilege of being the temple, the tabernacle of the Lord on the earth today. Amen. Come on, man, I, that's just rich. I, we're going to do things a little different. I know y'all not accustomed to that, us doing things different. 
you know, I am, by nature, I'm a very methodical person. I do things the same. And the Lord's just continually getting me outside of that. Said, I need you to make room for me. Because the new wineskin, it, it can get hard if we don't allow it to remain pliable. And uh, so I, you know, I'm very methodical in how I do things. And the Lord says, okay, watch this. <laughs> okay, really, Lord? And, you know, that's what I said last week. And I don't know if I communicated it clearly. That many times the Lord will begin to touch things. And we'll start rebuking the devil. <laughs> and it's not the devil. It's the Lord trying to get us to keep us pliable. Amen. Now, it's not sickness or disease or poverty and lack. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about those times when he gets us out of our comfort zone. Amen. So what we're going to do is I'm going to dismiss the kids. I'm going to teach a little bit, maybe preach a little bit, and then we'll do communion probably right in the middle of my service. So the kids, you can take communion with your parents later. I commission your parents to do that. While they're leaving, if you'll look at the picture on the screen, this is the river... Church in Tamboril. They, uh, we just sent about $1,500 more to, to purchase more blocks. You can see some of the blocks stacked up there to finish the walls. The plans are that in February... That's not, is that not the weirdest word in the world? February. And I graduated high school before I learned how to spell it, right? Never was an R in mine, I'm just saying. <laughs> Not till the end. But uh, in February, yeah, there's a group coming down, chapel projects, that <clears throat> their intention is to finish the church, to put the roof on it, uh, and to close it in. So the, the ground, you can't really tell real well in this picture. This is looking out towards the street. This is at the back of the property looking forward. And uh, they have plans very in the very near future. I'm not sure if it's this week, but they're going to go in and pour the, the floor, uh, the concrete floor, so that they already have the material and they're building the rafters for it right now. So the rafters are made of steel. They're being built right now. And uh, we uh, sent down. It was so cool. It was one day, the first of the week, I think it was. The Lord just really had uh, Raphael on my heart and so we had planned to send money, and we had money to send for him for support and all. And uh, So we sent, and I just messaged him on Facebook to let him know that the money was coming. And he said, wow, he said, this, this morning I was praying for you. And he said, the Lord, the Lord wanted me to tell you that 2014, he's going to do much more than he did in 2013 in the river here. And uh, he said... And then you sent me a message. He said, I was going to message you tonight. He said, then you sent me a message because I'd, I'd done it that morning. And talking about provision that you were sending. And we sent money down for just he and his wife, support for them to be able to, to live and things like that as well. And we also sent down the $89 that our kids who just left. I'm just smart like that. I should have said this while they were in there, in here. The, the $89 that our children raised for Bibles. Uh, was sent down this time. I was waiting for them to get some things set up for at the church and all. But so we sent down two thousand and eighty-nine dollars, uh, and uh, the eighty-nine dollars was for Bibles. So uh, he was excited about that, 
And he was excited at provision because he said, man, we'd had to stop because there wasn't anything. So uh, I'm just really, really excited that things are... They are going to put, this way I understand it right now, they are building the walls to come back, but they're going to start <laughs> putting rafters on at the front. As the walls go up, the rafters are going to come back. So... They'll, whether they get the walls finished or not, in Feb, the first week, I think, of February, they are going to start putting the rafters on. And uh, so they will have a place, a place that's covered so they can worship until, um, until they get it finished. Amen? I wanted to show that Raphael posted that on Facebook. And for those of you who aren't sure, I think I, I said this, I did once. Um, I had a friend I saw right before Christmas at, that saw me in Target, and they go, man, I didn't think you were going to make it back. I was like, what? They said, I've seen you, I saw all these pictures you were tagged in, and it's some third world country, and I'm like, man, this is right here at Christmas, and he's getting tagged in pictures. I wonder if he's going to make it home for Christmas. I said, yeah, I'm not in those pictures. They, <laughs> I said, I'm here. They tagged me, Raphael tags me in them, just so that we can stay abreast of what, he, what the Lord is doing there and how it's progressing, the work is progressing. So uh, if you are friends with me on Facebook and you see me tagged in the DR, I'm really not there. <laughs> not yet. Uh, not yet. Not yet. We are going this week, this year. It, not this week. <laughs> Slow down. I'm a little ahead of myself. We're going this year. It was neat how the Lord worked that all out. We'll give more information. Um, so if you're interested in going, please see Melanie today. She'll take your name down. <laughs> She just found that out. Uh, she'll take your name down. We've got 15 slots. And here's what's awesome. Uh, I just want to share what the Lord's doing. And then we'll get into the Word. Because this is just all part of Him. Uh, as many of you know, we have a great relationship with Christian Life Assembly. Bruce Ritter down on the other end of 100. Uh, we've, we've done the worship at the depot with them twice. And um, we did the Fall Festival Day. We work partnered together to run the kids section for the city. And I got a letter this week from the city just thanking us for volunteering at the parade. And uh, they said, man, it's people like you that allow us to do what uh, we do because we couldn't do it without volunteers. So I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, Bruce actually is the director of a ministry in and not in Tomborill, in uh, Pimentel, I think is what they say. Um, it's about an hour away, hour and a half away from where we normally go. So we were, I told you that I talked with Tim, the gentleman that we normally stay with in the DR, and I was waiting to hear back from him. And uh, that was on Wednesday, and he said he'd get right with me. And Sunday when I, got fit, when I finished speaking, I had a text uh, from, from them saying I need to call right away. Basically, it was there was no room in the inn. <laughs> Not until August, which is no bueno. That's no good for us in August. So uh, I, I called Mel and Stephen, who are really heading this up, and I said, okay, so we have opportunity here. And Stephen right away said, I'm excited. The Lord's going to do something. I'm just excited. I'm glad we're not doing the same thing we always do. So uh, shorten the story just a little bit. Thursday morning, I'm at pa- prayer with the pastors of the area, and Bruce is there. And I said, hey, I want to speak to you afterwards, because I had mentioned to Melanie that maybe we could partner with them in some way. I said, I want to speak to you after prayer about going to the DR this year. And his eyes kind of lit up. He said, when? 
I said, we're looking at the end of June. He said, all right. And he starts looking in his iPad and things like that. So at the end, we start talking and he said, man, I have uh, the very week that we were wanting, the last week in June. He said, I had that blocked out to take a trip to the DR, to take a group to the DR and I don't have a group. He said, this morning I woke up and said, Lord, I need to get on this because I'm supposed to have a group to go the last week in June. <laughs> Let me back up about six months. He and I were standing here talking and he said, man, have you ever, do you have a desire to do some evangelistic style work? I know that you're a pastor. Do you have a desire to do some evangelistic style work in the DR? And I said, absolutely. He said, I'm talking about a full out crusade kind of a deal. I said, absolutely. He said, that's been burning in my heart. So that was six months prior. So June the 23rd through July 1st, we're going to the DR with Bruce and his group, and we're going to do some uh, crusades while we're down there. We're going to go out in the neighborhoods and pray for folks during the day, just minister in the neighborhoods, and then at night we're going to have healing and miracle crusades. Amen. Absolutely, that's what we're doing. And uh, he said, can I, get, can I have some people go too? <laughs> Bruce did. And I said, sure you can. I said, just know we're going intentional. And uh, so he and I talked about that. So if you're interested in going, you please let uh, Melanie know. And we'll get, it, uh, your inf- we'll get your name and contact information. And we'll have a meeting very soon to discuss uh, what that will look like. And for those really spiritual ones, we are going to have a fun day at the beach just so you know we had that worked in there so we'll have a day where we go to the to the we where we're i'm not gonna say that i'll offend somebody we can go to the beach we don't have to go to the coast i'll just say that the church i grew up in you couldn't go to the beach that's where the sinners went you could go to the coast (laughs) we're going to the beach in the dominican republic where it's the pretty clear water you can see your feet even when you not just when it's like three inches deep, you can see your feet like our pretty beaches here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That's the way Raphael says it. Amen. Wow. Well, you know, I want to... Um, this passage this week just really messed me up as I was studying. I was, I was going one way and... Uh, in the midst of my studies for my message, I was just spending time with the Lord on a totally different subject, just he and I sometime. And uh, he began to speak to my heart in this passage, and it just began to wreck me. And uh, I'll just read a little bit of it to you. It's in Ezekiel, Ezekiel 34. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost, but with force and cruelty you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became, and 
and they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth, and no one was seeking or searching for them. (laughs) Man, that's heavy. The Lord said, look, my sheep are scattered all over the earth because you wouldn't feed them. He said, you were more concerned with feeding yourself. You're more concerned about getting the fat, the good stuff for you. And please hear me. I am, I'm not condemning. I'm not speaking condemnation. I'm just saying that has so become the model in Western Christianity is that we get fat and happy and no one's getting fed. And I'm not just talking about preachers of mega churches or anything like that. I'm talking about the body. The body of, I feel, the body of Christ has gotten much to look like America itself. Obese and lethargic. Let's hold hands and sing Kumbaya. It's so easy to do that when our attention is us. And, you know, I shared a few weeks ago that the word, the word of the Lord that's on the inside of us, the power of God that raised Christ from the dead. I, I shared your miracle may be inside. Your, somebody else's miracle you're carrying around. So, I, I believe that we're in the earth today for a purpose. I say that a lot. And, it, and again, our verse for this year is uh, Philippians 3. It says that we press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That word press means to seek, to run after. That, you know, as I was looking at this passage in Ezekiel 34, that verse in Philippians just continued to resound in my heart because he said this. He said in verse 4, The weak you've not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost, but with force and cruelty you have ruled them. Basically, it's this. He said, you didn't go with them in compassion. You ruled them with religion. And the Lord then uh, took me to Luke chapter 4. Very familiar passage of Scripture. Luke 4 verse 18 19 18 through 18 and 19 and then verse 21 Jesus goes in the synagogue and if you look at that in context it says and they handed him the scriptures uh, and I can't quote it exactly but basically here's what went on when they went into the synagogue they would read scripture so it says when Jesus came in this day it was on this portion of scripture that they handed it to him so you understand, Jesus didn't pick up his King James Bible and start flipping through it to find Isaiah. Are you with me? It says this is the portion of Scripture that was to be read that day in the, in the, uh, in the service, if you will, in the synagogue, and it just so happened. You know, I was sharing with someone this week about the steps of the Lord uh, 
the Lord directs our steps. I actually shared this with a couple of different people. I said, if you notice in that passage, it says he directs our steps, not our standing. So it indicates that we're moving. We're going somewhere. And I believe even in this trip to the DR, from the beginning when we start, the Lord, it says his wisdom confounds the wise. So the, the Lord, uh, from the beginning of this ministry, he's done things that I didn't even have on my radar that were in my heart, and he would just line it all up because he knows who I am. <laughs> and he's very good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, with this trip with the DR, I said, you know, because after I got the call on Sunday or the text on Sunday afternoon that it was all booked up, I was like, well, that's good. Maybe I overshot it. Maybe I should have held announcing we were going to the DR one more week. And, um, and that wouldn't have been bad to have done in hindsight. But what the Lord was doing is we, he was directing our steps. As we were stepping, he was directing. And he's got something for us better than we would have done. For ourselves, we took other actions. Mel made some, sent some emails to try to see how we could put a trip together ourselves. Do you ever hear back from that? Yeah, and didn't get any response. But in the meantime, the Lord says, "You know what? If you're walking, I'll direct you." He's a light to our path. Amen. So as we're walking, He directs us. Man, that's so encouraging to me. It doesn't mean that you have to have it all figured out once you start. You just need to know who you're following. That's a good word right there. So Jesus in the synagogue, and as he's in the synagogue, the, the scriptures were handed to him for the daily reading, and, it's, it, and this is where it happened to be. And if you'll look at this, he didn't read the whole passage. If you read the, the passage uh, that he quotes or he reads here, he stops. Uh, but anyway, he said this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to, set, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering a sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then verse 21 says this, And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And, you know, that just really upset the religious crowd the Pharisees, because what he was saying is, I'm the one who's come to set Israel free. (laughs) And as I looked at that, and I looked at Ezekiel 34, where he said, you know, here, son of man, prophesy and tell the shepherds, who is Jesus, the great shepherd? Tell the shepherds they haven't fed, they haven't healed, they haven't delivered, they haven't bound up, nor have they even looked for the lost. And Jesus said, here's what I came to do. Jesus said, today, the scripture's fulfilled in your ears. And then, as he was teaching his disciples, before he sent out the 70, he said, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore. So what is that? Jesus said, this which I walk in, this anointing that's on my life. And really, that's what Jesus, the Christ, that's what the Christ means. It means the anointed one. It it wasn't Jesus' last name. And we are called... Christians, Christians, you know what that is? It's anointed ones. <laughs> That's good stuff, isn't it? We're called anointed ones. So Jesus said, the anointing I brought, I left. I left for you. Freely you've received, so freely give. So we have the privilege to give what's been placed on the inside of us. We talked last week 
about the seed. I want to go back to um, build on this. I want to go back and we'll, we'll receive communion in a few moments. Um, to ja- uh, Joshua chapter 1. We looked at this last week. Joshua 1, 8. The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate uh, in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We looked at the word uh, meditate. He said this book of the law, we could say, the word of the Lord shall not depart out of our mouth, uh, but we will meditate in. Again, that word meditate, it means to roar, to growl, to groan, to speak, to imagine. That's good stuff. He said, these are the things that I want you to do with the, wo- the word. Roar, growl, groan. You know, <laughs> anybody ever roared the word? Huh? You know, it, it looks like, I mean, you've been believing for something and it doesn't look like it's coming and you get in your room and you roar a little bit. You groan or you growl a little bit. No? Wow, I hope you have. <laughs> and that's just where you say, you know what? You get loud. You take, you know, a lion doesn't go. Roar. Roar. No. They are loud. You hear them, it echoes, it comes from here, it comes out, and you can hear it. Everybody, every animal, every living thing can hear it when he roars. Is that what moves God? No. But what it does is it's just an expression of our acceptance and belief and adherence to the truth of his word. Even in the midst of contradicting circumstances, we roar. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And we roar to imagine, to dream. And that's something, this is something, I I have a very vivid imagination. I've shared that. Uh, But the Lord has caused me more. He said, I want you to imagine. I want to use your imagination, but I want you to do it as you're studying my word. I want more of your imagination, not just sit where you daydream. And I believe that the Lord can can inspire daydreams. But he's saying, I want you to be more intentional in your imagination. So I've been not just imagining and dreaming, I've been taking the word and seeing me in the word on a new level and it's just been, it'll cause you to roar. So he said, to, to go on, he said that you might observe and, and this is kind of where I stopped last week. I didn't go any further uh, with this passage. He said that you might observe uh, the word, observe to do. But the word observe here, it means this, to hedge about to guard, to protect, and to attend to. So we imagine the word, we roar, we groan, we declare the word is another word for it. And again, Proverbs 18.20 says this, A man's stomach will be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he will be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So we have the privilege to, to, roar, to growl, groan, and roar the word. And to imagine the word. And as we do, it's also our privilege to guard it, to protect it, and to attend to it. And then, this is, this is where I didn't get last week. 
He said that you may observe. So again, that has, a, that has something to do with our will, right? May. Shall's a declaration. May means you have opportunity to. It's up to us. Just speaking of roaring, it says that the enemy, the devil's like a roaring lying, lion seeking whom he may, whom he has permission or opportunity to destroy. How does he have permission or opportunity? By us partnering with him. Because the only authority that he has is through agreement. It's Genesis. He had to, have, he had to get Adam and Eve in agreement. So that he could use their authority to rule and reign the earth. To be the prince in the power of the air. That's what he did. It was through agreement. Same thing is true today. When, when uh, opportunity arises, whether it be sickness or poverty or lack or, or hurt feelings, emotions, whatever it is. Then you have a choice who you're going to partner with. You have a choice who you're going to make agreement with. You're either going to make agreement with the truth of the word or with the emotion or opportunity that's presented itself to you. And who you partner with is who you empower. He's the roaring lion seeking whom he may, whom he has permission or opportunity to devour. But this word, after observe, the, the, our two English words to do is actually one Greek word, and one uh, Hebrew word. And it means this, to create. It means to create. So what the Lord is saying is, as you get in the word and you meditate, you allow the word to get into you. You dream, uh, the, dream's a strong word. Uh, it's a misused word. As you imagine with me, as you see from my perspective, as you meditate on it, and as you guard it and harbor it, uh, attend to it, in it is the power to create. Now, oh, come on. Maybe I didn't get it like I got it. But what he's saying is, death and life, Proverbs says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And what he's saying is this. I, I shared last week about the word is a seed. You see from the gospel, Matthew's Mark, Mark's gospel, when he talked about the sower sows the word, and Jesus just explained it to his disciples. He said, the seed is the word. And he said, so we see in Genesis, inside of the seed is the power for that seed to reproduce after its own kind. It's in it. So as we meditate upon that seed, as we confess that seed, he said the, that's the power that's in that seed to create after its kind is released through you. Do you see that? And that's what he's saying here in Joshua. He told Joshua, he said, as you meditate in the word, as you allow that word to be guarded and protected in your heart, that word, it, the power that's in that word will create the future I've told you you'll have. So it's not waiting for some person to lay hands on me so that I can get it from them. He's saying, no, the power's there in the seed. And as you make agreement with that seed and you declare that seed, then the, the life that's in it is released to create that reality, heaven's reality in your life. Isn't that what we were, we were singing? Let heaven come. Yours is the kingdom. At Matthew 6, when, he, when they said, uh, teach us to pray, he said, our Father, hallowed be your, your kingdom come. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. How does that happen? By us just singing about it? 
No, by us declaring the truth of his word. And as we declare the truth of his word, the power that's in the seed of that word creates heaven's realities on earth. That's good. That's good news right there. That Jesus put in us the power to do that. Now look, just a, we're going to take communion here in just a moment. I've said that before, haven't I? 1 Corinthians chapter 1. You can turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. It says, for the word, this is the ESV version. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Um, I think the New King James says the, the preaching of the cross. But literally, as John would say, this is the right translation. Right here where it says, for the word of the cross, that word, the word there is logos. We've talked about that for the past, this year, this year, a few weeks. Talking about the Logos, the, the, the spoken word of God. He said, the, the word of God of the cross, about the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So what he's saying here, the Logos of the cross, the declared word of God is power. Uh, it's, it's foolishness to the perishing, but it's power to the saved, those who are being saved. Now, as I, I looked at that... And uh, begin to press in. Again, the word is what? The seed. You with me? We hadn't changed tracks. We're still on the same track. The, the seed is the word. And he said, when you have that word about the cross, what is the cross? Where Jesus died. No, it's not where Jesus died. It's where Jesus paid the penalty for sin. Where Jesus forever redeemed man from being a slave of sin. When he gave back to man their birthright as sons and daughters of God. That's what the cross, that's the word of the cross that he's talking about here. It's not a place where Jesus died. It's a place where Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. Big difference, especially in our perspective. He says that word. All right, so as I was pressing into this, I began to look at these two phrases, those who are perishing and us who are being saved. Those who are perishing is in, in the verb tense is the present middle voice participle. So a present participle means this. It, it expresses continuous or repeated action. The middle voice says this. It represents the subject as acting in some way upon himself or concerning himself. The word being saved is in the pa- present passive participle. Present participle expresses continuous or repeated action. But passive means this, that it represents the subject as receiving the action. The subject received the action. What does that mean? Those who are perishing, it's something, they have something to do with it. It's they've rejected Jesus. It's not that he is condemning them to hell. They have actively rejected the price that Jesus has paid. And it says here, the the very middle voice, the definition means this acting in some way upon himself, concerning himself. Isn't that what Jesus said about the Pharisees, about the religious leaders? He said, they trying to be righteous through the law have forsaken the righteousness that comes through faith. Romans. So what does he say? He said, those who are perishing, it has something to do with how they themselves 
It's the works that they themselves are doing. But to us who are being saved, it's simply what we receive. It's simply what we receive. And it's continuous. Do you understand? Both of them are present participle, which means it's a continuous or repeated action. So what does that mean? Those who are constantly trying to do something to be good enough for God, they're heaping to themselves that condemnation because they don't ever feel good enough. They're constantly looking, can God use me based on what their actions are? Instead of the, to the power that's released, how's the power released? When we understand we're being saved, it's a continuous process of God pouring his life into us, and it's just simply what we receive. Mm, amen, Todd, that's good stuff. Thank you. Preach on, preacher. It's not an action that we have to perform. It was a work that was completed and given to us. Light bulb. It's what we receive. That's the very tense of these verbs. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are trying to produce it on their own. But to us who receive it as a free gift, the power of God is released. Shabbat. And it's not based on me having full manifestation in my life. It's based on the fact of the word that the power of the seed is in there. And as I connect with the power of that seed, it's released into my life. Amen. Man, that's good news. And as I was studying this, and I thought, man, this week we've got communion. And uh, as I was studying this and just looking at uh, continued to just resonate on the inside of me. And if you read 1 Corinthians, he's, this is what it says, where we get uh, where the communion, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 11, verse 28 says, but let a man, he said earlier in this same chapter, he said, but as often as you do it, you do proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Verse, 20, uh, verse 28 says, but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he, he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. So he said there, let a man examine himself. And we've been really good in religion to tell men how they examine themselves. You've got to examine yourself. And if there's any sin in you, you can't take the communion because you're going to die. That's not what it says. It doesn't say that you take it unworthily. He said if you take it in an unworthy manner. What is an unworthy manner? If you continue reading, he tells you, not discerning the Lord's body. When you take communion in an unworthy manner, you're looking at you and not at him. Where did communion come from? It came from the Passover lamb. Right? That's why they said the Passover lamb. I've shared this before. When they brought the Passover lamb to the priest that was their sin offering, did they examine the bringer or the, lamb, the person bringing the lamb or the lamb? If the person that was bringing the lamb was spotless, would they need a lamb? That's why Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world because he is, was, and forever will be spotless. That's why it was at the time of the sacrifice that Jesus was being led in to Israel, to Jerusalem, to be crucified. Because he is the lamb that was slain, not just to redeem sins from one year. And think about this, just that. In the natural, just a little lamb that they could kill. They, when we look at 
Romans and, and it talks about not having a sin consciousness. If the sacrifice was, is sufficient, then we should no longer have a consciousness of sin. When they took that sacrifice, it was good for a year, right? Yearly, they did the sacrifice. Yearly, they would bring the lamb. They would slay the lamb and they would apply the blood. And that blood, that would cover their sin for a year. Yet, we think Jesus can't cover us from day to day. From communion to communion. No, it says he died once for all. That's good. That's good. So when we take communion, I'm not examining me. I'm examining him. He's the lamb. In the manner that I take it is this. Jesus, you bore sickness and disease. You bore poverty and shame. You bore rejection so that I don't have to carry it. Doesn't mean I'll never experience it, but it means I don't have to carry it because you paid for it. Doesn't mean that I have to be totally free from all of it before I can ever be qualified to be used. I talked about this last week. What did he tell Peter? He said, when you repent, strengthen your brethren. He didn't say when you repent and get yourself cleaned up and go through the 12-step process, you'll be ready to be used again. He said, when you repent, strengthen your brethren. So it's not when we got it, quote unquote, all together, that then we're qualified to be used by the Lord. It doesn't mean that we can't pray, hand, lay hands on people for them to be healed if there's still something that we're believing God for in our lives. It doesn't work like that. That's our works. That's what's foolishness. Is our works trying to think it's something I do that causes God's power to be released through me. And what it is is it's faith that Jesus is who he says he is and that he did what he said he did. Your blood washed away all my sins Made me whole again Your blood washed away all my sins Making me whole again Your blood washed away all my sins Making me whole again Your blood washed away all my sins Making me whole again 